The Heather McCoy Show. And welcome back to the Heather McCoy Show. Joining me, as always, on uh, Tuesday morning is Robert Larson, and he's in to file his report from the Inland Empire. Welcome to the show, Robert. Hey, uh, Heather. Always uh, exciting to do this. Oh, you sound exciting right now. (laughs) Um, So you were going through uh, the Inland Empire on your usual oil travels through the by roads, and you found a city called Rainbow? Yeah, I have, <laughs> if you travel on the 15 freeway uh, between, I guess it's Corona and San Diego, and you uh, a little bit south of Temecula, there's a sign to uh, for an, an exit for, it just says Rainbow. And I'm like, wow, there's a community called Rainbow. I, that just caught my attention. I've seen that actually for years, and thought, what the heck is Rainbow? i got to check that out. I mean, and it just like... Is there a, is it an actual city? And uh, I would like that to be my address to say I live in Rainbow. Yeah. Or live over the rainbow or something. And it is like over a hill. So um, I was actually thinking it might be for hippies that thought Ojai got too right wing. Yeah. I, you know, the name, it, it intrigued me. I'm like, well, yeah, is it some, it, it sounds kind of hippie-ish or wait, maybe this is even like some gay haven, you know, the rainbow, uh, symbol and all of that I, you know that probably not in this area but who knows uh but anyway so i, I spent i stopped in the rainbow a uh about a week or so ago and just checked it out a little bit and it's a really interesting little uh, sort of rural community kind of tucked into the hills just uh south of temecula and agriculture a lot of agriculture it's mostly uh they grow a lot of flowers Flowers are grown there, and I think there's some avocados grown as well, in which uh, Fallbrook, that whole area, has got a lot of avocado um, trees. So, uh, yeah, but you just see it looks like one of these little rural towns, and and right when you get off the freeway, there's a, uh, it's like the gas station, general store, little cafe, and it's this old school cafe called the uh, Rainbow Oaks Restaurant, and it's really got a lot of character. It, uh, I guess it, there was a fire that caused some damage to it a few years back, and it was closed down for a little while, and it's been reopened, but it it has a great sort of hearty uh, American food, and it's, a lot of bikers go there to hang out, it's like a biker hangout, just, you know, motorcycle clubs, they'll stop there on weekends, and a bunch of groups, and car clubs will stop there as well, but it's just a kind of regular family cafe but it's got the great the, the big sign out out front that's really high up on a pole that you can see from a freeway that's the old neon sign it's just one of those signs you don't it's it's not a kind of retro thing it's the real thing oh that's cool the 50s and it's really really awesome looking sign but uh, yeah it's got all kind of wood looking inside just a kind of unfinished wood or unpainted wood, I should say. It looks kind of cabin-like inside, but uh, a lot of character. If you ever are driving south on the 15 freeway from uh, Corona or driving north from San Diego, uh, stop into Rainbow. It's a it's a intriguing little place. Yeah, that sounds like an interesting uh, side trip. So um, the other, some of the other things that are going on this week, apparently uh, 
there's a query called Liberty Query in Temecula, and the Riverside uh, supervisors took a, uh, some procedural shortcuts to approve mining plans in Liberty. What's the latest on those plans? We have the Liberty Quarry, uh, where they are, uh, I guess they mine granite. Uh, they, this has been going on. I moved out to this area in 2008, and I would, at that time, seen signs all over, billboards. I think it was something was on the ballot in 2008 of trying to get this approved. And so it's this kind of age-old thing of, of moneyed interest versus the common good, where sometimes it overlaps, but often it doesn't. And, you know, the moneyed interest is the, um, they are called uh, granite construction, and they've been trying to get this quarry approved for, yeah, like I said, at least 2008. It goes back a while. And then there's always some kind of, as you said, procedural move. Uh, let's see, here's the Temecula City Council move to give its city attorney the ability to file a motion that questions the validity of the environmental impact report. So we know there are these environmental impact reports that always have to get done when somebody wants to uh, undertake some uh mining operation like this and so this looks like well is somebody on the city council really uh, sympathetic toward the the uh, granite construction and they're trying to get this environmental impact report questioned and, and this is there's just been this back and forth for so long and, and the the quarry has not been fully approved yet and, and but they keep trying and I, I don't get a lot of uh, from the folk I talked to out here, I don't get a lot of strong opinions about it, or people just don't seem to talk about it that much. But you do see a lot of bumper stickers on cars, uh, stop the quarry, that kind of thing. And people are, are very concerned about, A, the noise. You're going to be assuming a lot of big, heavy equipment and uh, a lot of dust, and the environmental impact of that, breathing that in. And the trucks going up and down the freeway where... You know, you've been behind those trucks that have rock and gravel and it flies off and it scratches up your car and all that. So people are, you know, there's a little bit of opposition there. I think that the, other than the people who stand to directly make money on it, there are some people who are pro-quarry in the sense that they think it's going to create some jobs. The uh, uh, what's Granite Construction is claiming that 662 jobs will be created and I guess in this economy, that's something, but I mean, I don't really, in, in an area this large, is that really that many jobs? Yeah. Uh, it's a back and forth on that, and we're, um, the, the latest sort of proposal is going to uh, uh, include a lot of fees and a lot of taxes, and so I think that's the way some of the people who are sympathetic to it want to get it approved or, or get sympathy of voters and whatnot is that, well, it's going to bring in a lot of money in that respect, not just creating jobs, a lot of tax revenues. So uh, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah, I like how we're in an economic downturn, and it just seems like, oh, we'll plunder the earth, and it will create under 700 jobs, but you should be for it. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a really, you don't get much bang for your buck, and it seems like the environmental damage would outweigh any potential benefits in the long run. Yeah, I mean, and I think this type of operation, it, it, it's not as bad as some other things like fracking or whatever. <laughs> it's, I mean, we, we all agree we need to, we need rock or, you know, granite and these types of things. We need these things mined. Uh, 
but it's it's I think the thing is is the the closeness to a large population area that's the, seems to be the opposition and you know the sort of environmental impact and people breathing in that dust. So, uh, but yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. People uh, sometimes are like, well, we need jobs now, whatever it takes. Let's get back out there and drill the hell out of that Gulf, you know? Yeah, let's go to Anwar and drill. Great, 500 jobs, let's go, you know, do it. So the other amazing political fight is in San Bernardino County, where there's a plan to allow local governments take to take on the problem of blighted neighborhoods uh, by toxic home loans, people that just like toss the keys and left and the banks have it, but they can't find anybody to buy it. They're going to basically uh, take those foreclosures and then take use by the process of intimate domain, get them back on the market at reasonable values. And um, how do you think this is going to work out? Yeah, I mean, I just found out about this. You had brought it to my attention, and but I'm really intrigued, and you and I are both big fans of Matt Taibbi. It's something he wrote in the uh, in, uh, Rolling Stone. Uh, that there is the Rolling Stone blog. Is that where that was? Yeah, that's on the blog. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it really caught my attention. It's one of those things where you think it seems so kind of out there, but at the same time, like, very reasonable. Well, wait, why hasn't anybody thought of this before? This could actually work. Uh, but the, the whole thing with eminent domain is like, it, it seems like a really, wow, that's a clever option there because the way I understand eminent domain, it's this idea of where the government sort of takes over property, pays whoever is the owner a, a fair market price, and something that is for the community good. Yeah. See, it's for roads or schools or something that we think, you know, everybody in the community can benefit from. So this is like, well, does this fall under that? And when you think about it, it, it really does. If you have these blighted properties that are bringing down the value of whole neighborhoods and you have people facing foreclosure and this is messing them up financially, if you can sort of fix that, that helps everybody in the community. And we all know that it's not being done at the federal level, and they've done a little bit, and they've gotten a few things passed that are supposed to be helping the homeowners refinance and that, but the banks are being their usual uh, scumbag so <laughs> And so this is like, wait, we're just going to shortcut that. And uh, eminent domain, the communities will take over uh, these uh, properties. And then the, the next step was what they were going to sell them to investors and is that how that was going to work? Well, I think the I think there's an investor pool that will provide the money because I, San Bernardino County is broke pretty much, and there's an investor pool that will provide the money to do the intimate domain. So it's kind of an ugly situation where you have business and government working in tandem. So you're and there's a part of me that doesn't quite like this plan, but when Washington seems like it doesn't want to do anything whatsoever, you kind of have to take some things into your own hands. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I, I think it's like Washington either cannot or will not do what needs to be done, and, and this is like, okay, we're taking it into our own hands, and hey, if a few uh, investors make some money off it, sometimes it's uh, the profit motive can work for <laughs> everybody, and uh, we have a, it's a big problem out here in the Inland Empire. Uh, I don't live in, in uh, San Bernardino or San Bernardino County. That's the adjacent county. 
but uh, it, it's all part of the same region, the Inland Empire here, and this is still a big problem. There's still a lot of homes facing foreclosure, and I, I, I would like to see this move forward. And, and it just, just from the, the, just for the fact that I think the big banks aren't going to like it. Oh no! <laughs> Though it's these, in this sort of investor class that we find objectionable in a lot of ways. It's like. Uh, yeah, I think we find the big banks even more objectionable. Uh, the, the, you know, the standard Wells Fargo City and Bank of America, the ones who just don't seem to want to budge at all. And, and people told me it's a philosophical thing where they are, when somebody buys a home, it's a contract. And when you let them out of the contract, it's like, well, what in the future is to keep people back in these contracts? And so these, these things we write are, become meaningless. And it's this sort of fear thing on their part. And uh, this, uh, I think, will play into that. But hopefully uh, we can at least see it tried. Yeah. Uh, Do we have that much to lose? Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, reading op-eds on the Wall Street Journal that are going to be saying that the red area of San Bernardino is now actually communist red. It's not Republican (laughs) red anymore. Those are going to be awesome David Brooks op-eds. So anything... um, Anything fun in the Inland Empire that you did this week? No, we were going to uh, try to do a little hike into uh, the San Juan Creek area up along the Ortega Highway where I'd gone previously, uh, but it was it's just been so miserably hot. It's been uh, hotter. Well, I mean, it does get very hot out here, but it's just been more humid than it usually is. It's just hot and muggy. And just, uh, it just wasn't a day to go out and do that kind of thing. So I ended up going to a friend's swimming pool. Um, yeah, so just uh, trying to keep cool out here. We had a lot of rain a few days ago. That crazy storm, I don't know what they're calling it, but I guess it's like monsoons that they call out here in the desert. Yeah. It starts pouring rain in the middle of the summer. So that, that, was, that was pretty cool. It was thunder and lightning and everything, and there was a tornado watch which I don't think there actually ended up being a tornado, but they thought one might develop out in this area. And uh, A picture I saw on the news, it looked like a tornado. Okay, and where exactly was that that you saw? Oi. <laughs> I don't remember. But it was somewhere in the Inland Empire. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard some people talking, but, you know, I didn't... Uh, yeah, I deal with the public and see them a lot, but I didn't have anybody come my way that said... Wow, we saw some homes get destroyed or anything like that, but I guess it looked impressive. And yeah. It was, uh, yeah, so um, not much else, but I will uh, keep my ear open or attuned to uh, more about the Liberty Quarry, more about this uh, homeowner uh, alternative plan in uh, San Bernardino, and about... Uh, one of these crazy preachers out here that we'll maybe talk about in the next episode. I would love to. Robert Larson, thanks for joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. This is The Heather McCoy Show.